1: Today, we're experimenting with a new episode format and embarking on our first digital road trip. We have three amazing guests who are gonna take us on a journey through their regional ecosystems, and we'll learn about what's working, the challenges, and of course, what's next. Thank you all for being here today. I'd love to start off with each of you telling us a little about yourself and the, the region you're gonna be talking about. So, Jackie, do you wanna kick us off?
0: Sure, thanks Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this, this topic. Uh, my name is Jackie Demonte. I'm with Chicago Ventures. Uh, we are an early-stage, uh, seed-stage investor that uh, focuses on companies being built in under-capitalized, under uh, overlooked markets and founders. Um, this is a, a fun topic for me because those tend to be you know, geographies outside of the uh, you know, traditional coastal markets.
1: Fred, why don't you you're up next?
2: Yes. My name is Fred Greer. I'm the former tech reporter at the San Diego Business Journal. For the last two years, I've been covering the startup scene, venture capital and covering some of the largest companies in San Diego. And I'm excited to be here today to talk about the San Diego ecosystem. And last
3: but
1: definitely not least, Charlie.
3: Hi guys, thank you very much. Um, My name is Charlie Lass. I am from London where I've been sold a couple of businesses. I then moved to Boston to study at MIT and I'm a senior lecturer on entrepreneurship and innovation at Sloan. Then I moved to Dallas and launched a venture firm called Dallas Inc. And we have a unique model, uh, an incubator that takes an idea to market in 30 days.
4: Now, that's fast. 30 days is amazingly quickly. Yeah, We're going to have to talk about that a little bit more as we go on. Let's talk about you know these places in more depth. Charlie, why don't we start with you and talk about Dallas, one of the other sides of the great Texas triangle. What are we looking at in terms of growth there recently in the economic situation?
3: <clears throat> Safe to say it's exploded. You wouldn't notice in certain aspects, in certain places in the city, that there's been a pandemic. Uh, the amount of seed and mid-cap investment is, um, is higher than it's ever been. And we're seeing more entrepreneurs take a plunge from either jobs they didn't like, or that we've seen elsewhere, jobs that they, um, they wanted to use as a launch plan for something that they wanted to do on their own. That's kind of where we come in. There are five pillars that we're all pretty familiar with. Uh, entrepreneurship, academia, private wealth, companies, and government support. Dallas has got a huge amount of all of that. Uh, the weakest area is probably the entrepreneurs. Um, that there aren't enough really experienced um, entrepreneurs who've gone through a full exit. And we're seeing now that people are realizing that chasing a unicorn isn't necessarily the right way to do it. We need consistent wins over and over and over and over to build the whole community. And that's what we're saying.
4: Great. Jackie, I'm a Northwestern alum, so Chicago's always had a special place in my heart. Why don't you tell me what's going on in Chicagoland?
0: Yeah, well, Chicago is a... a Interesting city from a startup perspective, just because it comes from such a diverse economy uh, to begin with. So, you know, what we've seen over the last five years, last 10 years, and then really accelerating now is just this sort of B2B landscape that builds up and takes advantage of the you know sort of growth within the, the corporate ecosystem. You know, it's a large city, third largest city in the in the US, large economy. Um, and so we're we're really seeing um, folks breaking away from some of those, um, larger corporates to start things out. I think similar to Charlie, we're early in the flywheel of, uh, consistent exits, large exits, staying independent. I think we've had a a pretty good track record building with acquisitions, but those, you know, sort of standalone independent companies are, are sort of few and far between right now. And so, you know, really, as we look forward, I think that, um, Emergence of seed capital is going to be a a pretty big driver of, you know, sort of those friends and family or initial rounds as we start to pull people out of the, you know, sort of legacy ecosystem into, you know, into entrepreneurship.
4: Fred, what's going on in San Diego?
2: Yes. So I think about five to almost a decade ago, if you were to ask that same question, the answer was, you know, San Diego is a military town and it is, you know, a emerging biotech town and nothing happened there. It was very sleepy. But I think if you were to look today, uh, you would say San, San Diego is no longer just a military and, and biotech town. Um, it is the eighth largest city in the U.S. and 1.4 million people currently live there, and it's growing rapidly. Uh, you know, San Diego is home to a booming tech center, has a strong tourism scene, and much more. And it has been accelerated, and I would say that's because of you know our universities. Uh, some of the, the top talent coming out of large companies that we have here—they're starting their own startups. Uh, San Diego is on the rise.
4: Fred, you started talking about the industries that are growing in San Diego. Can you be a little more specific? What's what's happening? What's growing and what's shrinking?
2: Sure. So San Diego is mainly known for deep tech. We have uh, some of the few large companies that many may, many may know here. Uh, Qualcomm, which is a large semiconductor semiconductor company. They employ 30,000 folks. Uh, they're a large you know, company. Another one is Illumina, which is uh, made his name in the medical, medical space. Uh, Dexcom, which is in the glucose monitoring space. Uh, ResMed, Viasat. Uh, we have these large deep tech companies here that are anchoring in the San Diego ecosystem. And now that we're seeing you know, maturity of these companies, some of these senior executives, other high ranked folks are, you know, they've been in this uh, ecosystem and they saw opportunities to start new ideas. And we're seeing almost an acceleration of, of innovation and startups all across industries, not just deep tech, we're seeing it in biotech, we're seeing it in consumer tech. You know, and also our research universities here spun out many medical discoveries and we're seeing drug development and it has won across the board.
4: Jackie, you talked about how the diverse uh, economy is in, in uh, Chicago. What are the standouts of the Chicago economy?
0: From a, a tech perspective, certainly supply chain and logistics have had, had their moment. I think part of that is, you know, you, you asked the question earlier about like, you know, how has this changed a little bit recently or, you know, throughout the pandemic, I think We've always had a pretty strong supply chain and logistics foundation, and then the the issues that have come up across uh, the last two years have just really pushed those companies to the the forefront. Um, similar, a little bit with digital health, although I'd say there are some other cities that you know probably rival uh, Chicago from a uh, um, a foundation from that perspective. Um, food and beverage uh, continues to be you know sort of a constant innovation there. There's a lot of um, CPG companies that um, are both highly uh, acquisition oriented, but also, you know, spin out a lot of really talented people. Um, you know, when we look at sort of the, the fintech insurance, real estate side, you know, maybe maybe those have pulled back slightly given, you know, what sort of challenges have happened um, over the last couple of years, but um, people are leaning really hard into, you know, sort of this uh, fintech innovation, new payment system. Certainly there's a grassroots, uh, crypto web three movement coming a lot of you know the trading firms have have done uh, some innovation and investing in, in this space there so I'd say you're, you're getting these these pockets of um, people that are really pushing forward in you know their their unique um, industries mm-hmm.
4: great Charlie Dallas was always known as a headquarters town that's where people moved when they you know whether it was American Airlines or Southwest Bell now at and and the like what's going on in Dallas today
3: uh, yeah, we're definitely seeing more of that. Texas as a whole, but Dallas specifically, we've got Toyota, Hewlett Packard, Tesla down in Austin. Um, it, is, it is as though in the last few years, people have suddenly realised that it's cheap to be here. There's a huge amount of money and opportunities for both large companies and entrepreneurs. is is growing like it's a really favourable tax structure, um, and it's you know the weather's
4: nice. Weather is good here, not compared to San Diego, maybe where we used to live, but. Texas is a great place, much warmer than Chicago, I'm afraid to say.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, this This is the right time for the podcast to come out and you know, pull the weather card.
4: There we go. Absolutely.
3: We're seeing the impacts of that spread across all stages of market capitalization. Um, and it is increasing the amount of wealth within Dallas um, enormously. We don't see uh, a range of uh, competitive and to, uh, elements between Austin and Houston. Dallas sort of does its own thing and benefits from the, the, the Texas Triangle. I think Houston probably competes a bit with Dallas, but does, Dallas doesn't seem to really care.
4: Well, I won't tell anybody from Houston that. That's okay. Clearly, these last now two years, the pandemic has been in the news. It has been driving a lot of changes throughout the country and throughout the world. What do you guys see in your respective areas as happening with the response to the pandemic? Are more companies moving into the area or are they moving out of the area? Are people moving out of the area because they can work remotely or do they, are they staying around? Um, Fred, how about San Diego?
2: Yeah, so this is very interesting as a reporter. That was like one of my, my, my main tasks was, you know, what's activity happening? Are people leaving or are they shutting other business? Are people moving in? I think that last point, we saw that a lot. We saw large companies from other ecosystems like San Francisco in New York and they came to San Diego because, you know, it's not just about, you know, being around an in innovation hub, but they wanted the quality of living. They wanted great universities. They wanted, you know, cheaper cost of living. And so we saw one big company called ClickUp, which is, you know, a kind of a Asana or a productivity management platform. They're very huge. They came to San Diego and they have made their head, main headquarters here. They raised $400 million and they're a unicorn company. And they made this transition during 2020. And we saw many of that, you know, over the last year or so. And it's going to continue. Um, but with COVID, I would say for San Diego, the, the silver lining here was the biotech community because of COVID-19. Uh, we saw a number of companies not only, you know, raise large rounds, but they were able to grow their company, their headcount, and you know, really capitalize uh, over the last year or so because of the COVID-19 vaccine from grants to just finding success and rallying and participating in a global pandemic and
1: contributing and through its innovation. Fred, I'm curious kind of where the where the migration is coming from. You said a little bit from like, you know, New York and the Bay Area. Let's take the ClickUp example. Where were they moving from?
2: They were moved from the Bay Area. So uh, San Francisco, I think, saw the the major exodus. They went to Austin, they went to Miami, and San Diego was one of the cities that a lot of San Francisco Bay Area founders have moved to, and that was because of quality of living.
4: Yeah, we saw lots of companies moving into the the San Diego area in 2020. I mean, Apple with their 1,500 person campus and Facebook and others. So clearly uh, San Diego has been a beneficiary of all that happening. Charlie, what about you? Any, What's going on with the pandemic as far as you see in Dallas?
3: I think that a lot of companies, and you just mentioned Apple, I and mean, they've got a 20,000 person campus opening in North Austin, I think this year. If you're going to open a second office, being in North Texas makes a lot of sense. It's four hours from everywhere and you can spread the risk of, that, of remote working. You don't have to have people traveling uh, into one location. So if you are damaged by an, another outbreak, it's not going to take down your whole staff. I think that's what we're seeing. It's an affordable way to kind of test um, satellite office expansion, and we're seeing a lot of it.
4: How about Chicago, Jackie?
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think the the pandemic has shifted how we think about geography. I mean, geography used to be such a big filter. I mean, three to five years ago, you couldn't get seed capital from the coast. It was hard to raise an A. you know, there, there was just not this sort of liquidity in in the marketplace. We started to see some of that, you know, shift pre-pandemic and then COVID hit. And it was like where you lived, where you invested, where you worked. It just, you know, it just didn't matter. And so I think it's it's actually um, even finer of a, a point um, now coming back to geography. It's sort of like this like big arc that we've we've had, um, you know, Chicago used to be sort of local seed capital companies would grow up then you'd go to the coasts you know, there would be a local HQ and then the next office would be San Francisco, you know, talent. It would either be homegrown, kind of pulling from the big 10 university, you know, sort of like those Midwest universities or, you know, people that left to go to the Bay Area, had kids, came back to, you know, have a a more affordable um, life. And then with with COVID, it's kind of like, no one, no one really needs to be anywhere. Um, we saw a lot of our companies, our our local startups, you know, in in the winter, people would leave for warmer places last year. And I think ended up staying for, uh, for a while. Um, like we kind of blew everything up and then some point in time, you know, maybe it was summer when it got hot in Texas or Miami or, you know, wherever else people went, um, or you just realized you needed a little bit more of a, um, you know, a density, we saw people kind of like come back in to, uh, to Chicago. So it's, it's, it was a little bit of like a, a a massive boomerang, I think for the, for the city specifically, I think we're still seeing, you know, sales offices in particular. Um, I think you know, it was mentioned earlier, sort of like the the second uh, HQ or satellite. We're seeing a lot of that coming through both the big big companies, and then you know, once once the startup raises kind of a Series C or growth round, they're you know opening up um, sales offices. But Dallas and Chicago are very similar, from like central of the country. You know, great um, great local talent you can get anywhere, and and so we're you know we're just seeing a little bit more of the return to normal, but still the advantages of. You know people are willing to invest or hire you know outside of where where HQ might be
3: I've got a comment follow up on that oh, go ahead on the, the geography piece and our, our fund is called Dallas Inc we actually operate the same model under a completely different name which is international and kind of under the radar but as soon as we added Dallas into the name everyone went nuts People, they thought it was a local firm who's investing in seed capital, and we became a deal very, very quickly. We only launched this back in in May. We're now launching Austin Inc., Houston Inc., Fort Worth Inc. for exactly the same reason, because people want to feel like, and we benefit from, want to feel like an investment firm and an entrepreneurial ecosystem actually is local. Um, The challenge is linking private wealth to local entrepreneurs, because certainly in Dallas, there's this disconnect where people... Aren't entirely convinced that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are succeeding. Whereas, actually, you look at the list of some of these massive companies who've started in Dallas that they don't really talk about. Um, We don't like to, Dallas likes to talk about itself quite a lot, but people don't like to shout about successes. And it's a very, it's a weird dynamic that we've seen change over the past three years. And I think that that's going to be something that has a really big impact on Dallas, where it starts to believe in itself a bit more.
0: Yeah, culturally, Chicago has a very similar feel as to what what you're describing. And I I do think there is, you know, like there is inherently that benefit to both hometown pride, but also that, that local network. I mean, we, we can hire anywhere, but if you want to hire, you know, the best CRO, you know, like you want to have some sort of like track record with that, that person. And I think, um, I mean, we're Charlie, we're the same, like we're Chicago ventures and, you know, we, we don't only invest in Chicago. We, you know, Austin is our second largest market, but there is, there is some of that like density of, you know, network pride, and then, you know, getting some of that feedback loop going.
1: It's been interesting, and Jackie, to your point earlier about kind of the, the the leaving and then the coming back into the regions. And we kind of realized, I think, in 2020 that you can work from anywhere, but what's ended up happening is you're still having, I think, this agglomeration effect and people wanting to be. Just the cities that were the it places the last 10 years, that's what's been more what's been thrown up in the air. And we're having different types of things. And, and, it's, and it's interesting because you have the, the components of people who are in the ecosystem, but then doing different things remotely, right? So, I mean, I think I'm a perfect example. Like, I'm deep into the Austin ecosystem, but my actual day job is it, I work remotely for a company based in Maryland. So it kind of has interesting where do you want to be and spend that physical energy, Versus the work that you do, and on sites become more important, and in that kind of dynamic. So I think that's that's an interesting dynamic going forward. And we kind of keep having these new these new locations, at least from the last ten years, right?
4: Yeah, it's it's interesting because we used to talk about investors wanted to be within an hour's drive, and then when the pandemic hit, it was well they wanted to be within a couple of time zones. Now it sounds like almost. Either we're moving back to that localism or we're seeing a splintering of possibilities amongst a wide variety of other cities. Now, Fred, in San Diego, that's always been a fairly good size venture market, never as big as it wanted to be, but a decent size. How is that changing now? How are people changing in terms of the ability to get investors out of the San Diego market?
2: Definitely. So I would say, um, you know, over the last three years, uh, there was a sentiment among uh, early stage founders, maybe first time founders saying, you know, oh, you're you're in San Diego. Like typically it was really hard to raise, you know, a series A or let alone even a pre-seed. A A lot of the investments that were made into early stage startups in the last three years were outside of San Diego. There really wasn't internal investors living in San Diego, investing in locally. And I think we've seen that change. Uh, maybe it's the migration from, you know, the Bay Area or New York and they're moving to San Diego and now they're putting their dollars into the startups. But I think also remote work, uh, we see remote investing and other investors are investing in other regions beyond their main uh, location. And I think uh, we're also seeing a growth in investor groups. You know, um, they would, you know, be around, let's say a fund manager would set up shop here in San Diego and they would last five years and you know, they they would shut down the shop. But I think now we're seeing uh, more groups uh, and new investors come in San Diego and continue to put dollars into local startups. There's a handful I could name, but one of the largest uh, angel groups here in San Diego is Tech Coast Angels, San Diego's chapter. They're the largest chapter among Techco's Coast Angels. Um, they invested 25 deals last year, roughly 13 million. And I think we're going to continue to see other funds and you know investors continue to put their money in San Diego startups. As we have more unicorns here, and a lot more companies that are being spun up in the last three to five years.
1: Well, Fred, and it's interesting to see that San Diego is starting to expand the power outside of San Diego. I, I mean, you mentioned Tech Coast Angels, and I've actually, I am a member of the group and you've stayed a member after after we left as well and seeing that kind of evolution. What's an interesting thing that I, and was one of the impetus actually behind us wanting to do this episode, and I'm uh, Fred. I want to start with you, but then I want to hear uh, Jackie's thoughts as well, is that when we were looking at the you know outside of the, the big ecosystems that everybody names right uh, the bay area new york boston um la when you look at it from a numbers perspective and then you kind of saw over the last couple of years right like austin is always in the is in the zeitgeist always in the uh, the the national media miami uh, amazingly through one tweet really became part of that uh, that that conversation as well but what is really interesting to me is when you actually go and look at the, at least the static statistics, a volume of um, you know VC funding, amount of companies, um, Fortune 500, whatever kind of metric that you wanna use, San Diego and also Chicago significantly are, lar- are, are larger than Austin, but don't get nearly the coverage or in the conversation that they do? And I, and one something I know, like, you know, some common acquaintances, Fred, you and I, like, when actually went out, and I think maybe you were part of the one who made the report as well, not being covered by PitchBook or CB Insight and said, fine, we'll do our own, you know, tech report, even though as far as my reading goes, San Diego, in terms of like VC funding, is the fifth largest in the country. So what do you think is, for San Diego, what are the barriers, what is it that is causing really from a narrative perspective to not be getting out there beyond kind of the local region.
2: Sure. I think you all you you bring up some great points. I have my my opinion here. I mean I'm a reporter so I work for the media and I would say that you know a few numbers out. So it goes San Francisco, New York, San Jose, Boston, LA, then San Diego. And, and then, you know, last year actually 2020, 2020, San Diego raised $5.2 billion in venture capital. At the last three years, that number is around 2 billion, 3 billion. And last year, 2021, San Diego raised roughly $8 billion, up from $5 billion last year. And like you said, it hasn't been talked about in the same light as Miami, San Francisco, you know, and these other ecosystems. And I think it's because you know the investors that are investing in these companies and those ecosystems, they have great relationships with the media. You know, as those funding rounds get raised, they, they, they go to Fortune, they go to the Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal. And I think in San Diego, we pride ourselves in just doing the work. And I think maybe we're not the best marketers for our city. And I think the mayor of Miami is a great example. He is shining light on, you know, the great innovation on the storytelling. He's investing in that. And I think the marketing budgets are a lot larger in those ecosystems. And I think looking ahead, hopefully, uh, our other, other ecosystems will start telling their story a little bit more.
1: No, I, it's it'd be interesting to see. And Jackie, kind of the same question to you is: you know, in our kind of offline discussion, was you know, you weren't surprised on on where Chicago ranked when you saw it locally, but then you know was completely under the radar when I could first seen it and said, "Oh wow, it's significantly larger than I would have expected."
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because the um the numbers that uh, Fred threw out are are pretty much in line with uh, Chicago as well. I think last year it was something, something around 8 billion raised, you know, up from two to three, the, you know, years before. So there was sort of this, this explosion and it's always, you know, I don't want to say it it punches above its weight in terms of like the, the city and the makeup, but it, it certainly punches above its weight from a attention perspective. Um, And I think part of that is just the, you know, the, the cities are different. You know, Austin is keep Austin weird. You know, Miami is, is Miami, you know, like everyone has the logos of uh, you know, like the 90s print when it comes to Miami. And then you look at a place like Chicago where it's, you know, the Windy City or the city of broad shoulders. You know, there's just there's just a different culture around, you know, how how you build companies, how you talk about them. I mean, even the the local ecosystems, I mean, Fred talked about um the mayor of Miami. I mean, we have these great support systems from our um, you know, sort of public groups, but they're they're a lot about, you know, doing things. Like they're um, what was it? Uh P33 launched and they're set up like specifically to connect growth stage uh startups and you know enterprises that are local to you know increase the the customer throughput. It's like you know things like that where it's like you're not gonna shout that out and people aren't like, whoa, you know, like we signed another uh you know B2B SaaS customer. Like that's not that's not like sexy. It just is moving business forward, and I think that's that's part of the the messaging. You know, disconnect there. I think um, when people think of Chicago, they just think of different cities than you know Austin, Miami. Some of these. I mean, even San Diego, I think probably has a, has a nicer brand given the given the weather disconnect. But um, you know, I think I think that's part of it. It's just a, a branding or a narrative uh, kind of spinning out.
1: Charlie, there's an interesting dynamic that I think maybe California. Cities are the only other one that kind of has this compared with Texas, where when you have significant multi-city ecosystems, right? Like not to overspeak, Illinois. I'm assuming it's mostly Chicago where like the end of the ecosystems is. Versus you have both the internal competition of the Texas Triangle, but then how do you get? And that's also, by the way, one of my theories on San Diego's. Under appreciation, the narrative is you have LA and you have you know, Silicon Valley within the same. So it's kind of like, oh, do I want to talk about another California city? How do you see that dynamic of like, hey, here's the growth that's going on in Texas, and we've got four different cities that are all doing well in terms of ecosystems? And did you end up getting kind of some of that muddled? And like, we, you know, and I sometimes I think that, you know, maybe in San Antonio kind of gets the short end there of being yeah. like, okay, <laughs> it's the fourth city that's going to be talked about in this case, right?
3: It's a really interesting point. And you you talked earlier about the when you really look into the data, uh, it's sometimes quite different to what people assume to be the case. And the amount of um, unicorns and venture funding last year in Dallas, I mean, people wouldn't know about these companies, but they're raising, I was just uh, before this was looking, we've got the biggest right, $1.2 billion for Integrity Marketing Group, raised $1.2 billion from Silver Lake. Uh, Caris Life Sciences, eight hundred thirty million. Mavenir, five hundred million. The LTK, three hundred million. Like there's, there's multiple unicorns that are just hanging out. But it's not Dallas proper. It's Irving. It's Fort Worth. It's Richardson. And that, to your point, like we, the, the DFW metro area has an amazing amount of huge, amazing amount of success within different areas. I mean, Fort Worth has more patents filed and approved than Dallas. And it's half the size. You have gotta think, well, what, how, wow. what is supporting that? How is that working? But when you think about, am I gonna invest in Texas? Below South comes Fort Worth, unless it's uh, military, biotech, or um, engineering. You know, the startup scene in, in Fort Worth struggles because it's next, you know, got the, this big sister next door. Um, but there's a big gap between early stage C. I mean, you can, you can raise early stage money in Dallas pretty easily, but raise A is really hard but then raising Series C is really easy and it, it, I don't know why
1: hmm. I got a question then based on as we're seeing we talking about some unicorns and some of these raising Cs what are we seeing in, in uh, I want to stick with you for a minute, Charlie in terms of that life cycle, are we seeing you know these companies raising becoming unicorns going IPO they're getting bought out at series at you know at the series B stage? If they are getting acquired, are they staying? Or is it really, you know, something that's being you know bought and then great, the the money, the money stays and they got to do it again, but the actual company leaves. What what is kind of happening in the kind of innovation life cycle?
3: Just a massive simplification, but I think they're staying. There's a there's an enormous company called ISN, and the founder of which is a friend of mine, and they're worth four and a half billion dollars and they've got a massive office on McKinney Avenue, and no one's ever heard of them over the last 25 years, it's quietly growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And they've got offices all over the world, but their headquarters headquartered here and they started here. So they're not trying to exit. They're not trying necessarily to sell it. I mean, of course, everyone would, would like that, but they seem to be comfortable in just printing cash. These companies have reached a certain point, raising the best investment. Like some of these guys have got you know, 10, 15,000 staff, but they're not very well known. Interesting.
1: Jackie?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start with the, the earliest... Uh, earliest stages, which is, it you know, it used to be pretty tough to raise a a seed round, even a a pre-seed round, you know, getting angel syndicates uh, together was kind of a pain in the butt. No one was leading, you know, it was just, you could be raising forever. Um, And we're starting to see more uh, professionalized micro funds, angel groups, you know, really supporting those early, you know, friends and family, pre-seed rounds, things like that. There are a few that have uh, popped up uh, even even recently, long jump, fifth star. You know, especially some on you know seeking for like DE and I um, across the city because we do have um, not just an economically diversity, but a you know a demographically diverse one. Um, so we're we're seeing stronger. Um, sources of capital i would say similar to um how uh you know how dallas was described it's it's not super easy to raise that that first round i mean even groups like our chicago ventures there there's a you know sort of a cohort of a handful of seed and a firms locally uh it's still not enough for like a liquid um market and so i think that that early stage still fairly difficult, even though um, it can certainly be done and, you know, be be done over and over and over again with local investors. You know, that that middle layer of growth capital is is typically coming from outside the city. And then I think the the biggest change that I'm seeing from an exit perspective is we've traditionally had pretty strong acquisitions um, and, you know, they, they keep coming, you know, Two hundred and fifty to two billion dollars, you know, fairly, fairly consistently. Um, I think that the companies that are part of this, you know, sort of next to exit cohort, are just getting too big for for some of those acquisitions. I mean, we had, um, I think, a dozen unicorns. I don't know, they call them minted, or you know, twelve companies in Chicago uh, reached unicorn status. And obviously, that's not the be all end all, but you you can start to see some of the ambitions. Grow beyond. Uh, hey, let's you know, let's just go for a, a really good acquisition, and more like, hey, we want to build these, you know, sort of legacy, um, legacy brands. So I think I think that's going to be the biggest change is at the at the very early stages and at the very latest stages, you know, over the next couple of years.
1: Fred, historically, I know one of the big issues in San Diego, specifically in in life science, was the you know build a flip. Right, you had these virtual biotech companies 20 people you get the asset to you know point a b or c and you didn't you know not a lot of kind of huge growth kind of came out of that um and i knew that was kind of one of the big big challenges uh especially in i think the early 2000s where do you see you know san diego today i mean you said like it's changed in the last five to ten years in terms of the the life cycle of the companies
2: yeah that's that's a great point thank you for pointing that out so i would say um the last year, we saw an explosion of public companies, you know, um, you know, like you, as you, as you mentioned, a lot of companies last two or three years ago, their, their objective was to exit in the next, you know, five, five five-year horizon or 10-year horizon. And and now we're seeing companies uh, want to go to the public markets. And I think we're seeing a few different trends, but I think last year we saw a, a trend of SPACs. And biotech companies were kind of um, the hot, the hot companies for that. And so we saw a number of that, probably around roughly 20 companies go public, uh, mainly biotech companies. And I think that we also saw uh, a lot of consolidation from large companies. Uh, We had over 195 acquisitions and some of the largest ones were multi-billions. We had Arena Pharma got acquired for 7 billion last year, BioLegend for 5 billion, and uh, a number of others in the multi-billion dollar range. And so I think it's it's uh, across the board, we're seeing companies get acquired, but we're also seeing companies wanna go public uh, and not just biotech. We also have some major tech companies that went public. Two of them um, were in the EV space, uh, self-driving trucks, too simple. Uh, and then a number, another one called Nuve, N-U-V-E-E, uh, they want public via SPAC. So I think as I talk to founders and interviewing them, you know, ask them, what's their end goal? Are you trying to exit? Are you trying to sell for a, a multi-billion or multi-million, you know, exit number, or are you trying to go public? And this last year, all the unicorn companies, including ClickUp, their answer has, I want to go public.
4: So we always kind of end the, uh, the podcast the same way, but given the geographic diversity, I'm going to have to ask it differently. So for each of you, What's the big trend in your city? What's the big challenge in your city? And most importantly, what's next? Charlie, how about Dallas? What's the big trend, the big challenge, and what's next for Dallas?
3: I'm giving me so much time to prepare. Um, (laughs) Okay, big, what do you got? Challenge, trend, and what?
4: And what's next?
3: Uh, Stalling for time here, lovely. Um, Right, the biggest challenge is that despite there being an enormous amount of of private wealth in a very very small geographic area we call it the chalice of Dallas where the two interstates meet uh, Highland Park University park incredibly wealthy areas we're seeing more traditional investment when you're collecting mailbox money from an oil fields why would you invest in a risky tech startup that's a really big challenge to break there's a, there's a lot of private wealth that isn't being allocated locally um because opportunity is uh, I suppose to try and break that that's what we're that's what we're focused on. where our fund is essentially is a part of it is a, a mutual fund for, for startups. Um, and we own hundred percent of the, the concepts in Fund one, uh, which means we can sell them for five dollars or five million or 500 a minute. It allows us to allocate funds much more easily. Um, so what's next? is I think we're going to see a sort of shakedown of the old guard. There's a a group of people who've been here for 10 years and kind of want things to stay the same, but there's a huge amount of um, influx of of foreigners like me uh, and uh, people from the coast who have have realized what an opportunity Dallas and Texas in general presents. And um, seeing that have an impact on the way in which we invest and launch and buy potentially from local companies. Branding something as a Dallas business whether it be a consumer product that could be operating nationally. I think we're going to see more and more of that in the same way that we had with Austin, you know, five, 10 years ago.
4: Great. Jackie, how about Chicago?
0: Yeah, I'm glad, glad Charlie went first. so I had a, a little bit of time <laughs> to think about that. <laughs> uh, you know, my uh, I, I am excited for where Chicago is, is going. You know, historically, we've had some you know, some, maybe it's less ambitious, more, more cautious, you know, sort of this, like, hey, we want to be startups, but like, we're, we're not really, you know, running hard at the concrete wall and just ready to, you know, blow it up or break through it. Um, I, I think that is changing. I think we are Getting more ambitious, we're, you know, having new funds raised, new people running those funds, new companies, you know, more, more interesting business models. Like there's just sort of a, a froth that is forming that wasn't there before. Um, I think the the hard part is a little bit of this, uh, it's good and bad. You know, the, the rising tide lifts all boats. Um, every, every city has had a completely knockout year. And and Chicago's no different. I mean, we've we've kind of kept going back to this across the podcast is just you know there's there's more money being raised more companies growing bigger um and and really the you know ratio across cities hasn't hasn't really changed i think the the only city that really gained market share from a venture perspective was was new york a few a few lost a little and then everyone was kind of like you know punching at their weight but the whole the whole market exploded and i think that's where the challenge is for chicago is we, we are so excited about um, everything that is going on, but have, have sort of not contextualized that it's going on everywhere as well. And we need to push even harder to carve out, you know, to make make that name for ourselves. Going back to one of those earlier questions on like, you know, why, why are we not in the headlines like everyone else? I think, you know, what comes next for that? There's, there's this really um, interesting concept of, of startup ecosystem flywheels. Charlie mentioned, you know, sort of the pillars of it um, earlier it might've been Bill Gurley who, you know, said like what he counts the flywheel is, you know, three or more independent, you know, maybe 10 billion, $5 billion companies in, um, in the city. I think we have a chance of getting there, you know, in, in this current cohort of, of late stage growth stage companies. And if, if that is, if that is the case, I think we start to see those flywheels, um, really, really moving. So I'm, I'm hopeful that's, you know, sort of the next stage is like, Hey, we have these companies that are training grounds for our next round of entrepreneurs. We have these angel investors who are also, you know, executives at um really powerful brands and have learned a lot and can share a lot. I think, you know, that we're, we're like right at the cusp of it, you know, we're we're at those companies that are valued between, you know, 1 and 5 billion. We need a few to like cross over and just blow, you know, blow the city out and, and command the respect that you would you know you would give to um you know any of the other fortune five hundreds you know we want we want to have that in the in the tech sector
3: can I just, uh, just challenge a, a point i th- i think the, the market has exploded in general and i maybe i'm a little defensive but i think dallas investment uh, the venture capital um amount has actually changed in the past 18 months within Dallas and admittedly this article is written by the Dallas Business Journal, so that might be a little bit biased, but um like the the growth in investment from external funds in Dallas-based companies is significantly up from 2020. I don't have the th- other stats, but I, I'd like to think that Dallas is actually growing faster than other places.
0: Well, I think so. I, I'm not so. I, I would I would argue with that last sentence, not the the former. I think that we saw geographic barriers break down. So I have I have no doubt that there's more capital going into Dallas. Um, it's coming from different sources. Um, There are probably also people who have started investing in the asset class that never had before just because of the economic um, environment that we're in. I I haven't done the research down to the city level. I think I might have looked at it on a state by state or a regional level. So, you know, there there are definitely nuances, the the smaller or the more local you get. But I do think every, every sort of like second tier ecosystem is starting to see this like momentum build. And it's just, you know, can you really tip it over. Um, you know, when the, when the tide goes out, will we have that robust, um, infrastructure there such that we've already, you know, we've already crossed over. It's fine if the fair weather friends, the, you know, angel investors who are just throwing some money because they sold, you know, their, uh, real estate at, uh, you know, whatever their house for four times what they bought it for. Like when, when those people go, um, yeah. is, is that infrastructure? And that's, that's where, like, I haven't seen the like dramatic, You know, we we've all raised. You know, I think I think Chicago raised like three times as much last year as they did the year before that. But that that doesn't mean we like really broke out in a in a way that was unique compared to other other places. And we're we're dealing with such large numbers here, so like you know, there there are definitely small small changes. But I'm actually not convinced that any city like won 2021. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) of a soapbox there, but it I think it I think it is fascinating. this whole ge- geographic like geography was so important, became not important at all. and now it's like you know we're kind of coming back to our roots. like it does you know it does matter. It's just interesting.
3: I think it'd be really interesting to see as you say, what happens when the tide goes out?
0: Yeah, yeah but, you know, if you
3: if you you sell your s p five hundred stock and you buy you invest in a startup, okay, cool, but when that's not
4: possible, what happens?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, Fred, you're the only one on the coast with a tide, so you get to finish it up. What's next, San Diego? (laughs) What's next is
2: I would say we just need to continue to collaborate. Uh, I will give uh, credit to an organization called Connect San Diego, who has been the primary driver of bringing investors and saying, hey, look at San Diego. There's a guy named Mike Corinne who put a billboard up in San Francisco five years ago saying, hey, San Diego's better. Engineers, you should come to San Diego. And, you know, since then, we've seen the numbers of interest and 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 venture dollars continue to increase. And I think other folks like Neil Bloom at Fresh Brew Tech, and we've seen more venture partners, they've hosted events and brought people to to look at San Diego and and continue doing that. I think San Diego thrives off collaboration. I think that's the biggest opportunity for us. And I think one of the biggest challenges is something that you guys pointed out was Apple, Amazon, Google are all expanding here. They want the talent that San Diego is breeding, and so that means startups are going to have you know, higher competition to compete for that talent. And I think that's going to be a challenge going forward. And I think one thing I'm most excited about is the fintech scene. I think the fintech spot uh, sector is going to continue to, to boom. And one area of interest is cryptocurrency. A uh, little known fact, there's a cryptocurrency startup that was started in San Diego called Solona. Solona created a crypto coin. And it has since, the, the guy who created it was an ex-Qualcomm founder. Uh, and he had the idea, uh, him and his co-founder started in Salona Beach, that's how they got the name of Salona. And uh, has since then has raised money from uh, Andreessen Horowitz and other blue chip investors, and they have moved to San Francisco. So I think the cryptocurrency space are going to continue to thrive in San Diego. But I think the biggest opportunity and challenge is how do we keep innovation here in our city and continue to collaborate.
4: Jackie, Charlie, Fred, thank you so much. In the last hour, we've been able to travel all over the country and get this uh, road trip started and learn more about what uh, all these other innovation powerhouses really are uh, are looking at. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, Thank, you. You so much. Thank you. Thank you so
4: much.
1: So what's next, Austin? We're glad you've joined us on this journey. Please subscribe at your favorite podcast catcher. Leave us a review and let your colleagues know about us. This will help us grow the podcast and continue bringing you unique interviews and insights. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.